Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Ewan. And this is Popcorn, Popcorn and Cumin. So pop that corn and get ready to talk about all things film, theater, and other. So every year since you and I started dating, so right, it was every year. I think give or take, yeah. Well, we definitely did it in 2020, and I think yeah. we definitely did it last year, 2022, and now this year, 2023. And what is it that we did? Oh, a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> so every year we make a list of movies to watch during Halloween season, during spooky season, and we have movies on there that are scary and that are spooky. spooky. And there is a very big difference. And we can see interesting trends as Sarah seems to tend towards movies that she deems spooky versus movies that I pick are generally erring towards scary. Although I don't really have much of a background in watching horror or scary movies. We just don't really ever watch them any other time of year. So you have to sort of anoint the the deemed scary month as the time to watch them. Yeah, I'm not usually a huge fan of horror movies, except I went through a phase when I was a teenager when I thought it was cool to like horror movies. And Sarah watched every horror movie ever. No, I watched the same five horror movies over yeah. and over. But I think there's been a couple where we've like started watching something and then you've gone, oh no, I have seen this. Which is a For common... horror movies? Yeah, I'm sure there, there was one or two. Or at least there's been, um... there's been a couple of occasions where you've thought, have I seen this? And then you've decided, yes, and you've got it halfway through. <laughs> anyway, nowadays I've realized that I don't want to be scared. You're faint of Because life is scary enough. Mm. But I make an exception during the month of October. What are some of your favorite Halloween movies? Number one, Halloween Town. <laughs> Which is mainly for nostalgic purposes. You know, most people say... That maybe the effects don't hold up to this day. Well, for, for those of the many hundreds of listeners who have not heard of Halloween Town, how would you describe Halloween Town? Halloween Town is a magical place where, where Halloween is always cool. It is a movie. It's not just it's, it is fiction. No, it's real. Okay, it's real. <laughs> and everyone is just happy. The monsters get along with the people. And it's all great until everything turns to shit. But you, you'll have to wait until we get to that movie to really yeah. hear that one. I personally cannot wait to revisit Halloween Town along with Halloween Town 2. What was that one called? Someone's Revenge? Calibers, Calib- Calibers Revenge? Yeah. And Halloween Town 3. Halloween Town High. Mm-hmm. And Halloween Town 4. What's that one? Have we seen that one? No, I don't think we got to that one yet. I think that's the... It's when the, the people are like older or maybe she was like recast or something but she's recast in halloween town high isn't she no i don't know yeah so. <laughs> i don't think so oh all right maybe i'm mixing them up if we hear sarah make reference to saying halloween is cool i think that's from halloween town right 
Yeah. <laughs> so Halloween Town is your favorite Halloween movie? Well, that's just that's just the the classic for me. Mm-hmm. That just holds the most nostalgia. But you're also a latecomer to Hocus Pocus, I believe. Yeah. Despite it being something that seems to have would have really appealed to you for your entire life. Yeah. Avoided it. And it, now that might actually be my favorite Halloween movie. What about Hocus Pocus 2? I thought it was maybe superior. In no. Some yeah? No. <laughs> it didn't have that little boy actor. Which one? The second one. Oh, the, the virgin guy? Yeah, or the weird, like he turns into a cat and stuff. Oh, that guy? Yeah. The guy from NCIS? I don't know. You know they tried to cast Leonardo DiCaprio for that? And he turned it down. Wait, as the cat or the virgin? I don't know, the bo- they're the same character, aren't they? The cat starts off as a boy. You yeah, see him at the I mean. beginning. Yeah, the same person. Well, no, no, but then the virgin is like the main character of the movie. We'll have to revisit that. Which, this is the only part of Hocus Pocus that I think is is really dumb. How they're like, the virgin needs to light the candle. And they make all these jokes about him like being a virgin. I don't know. That's why I'm calling him the virgin. Because I think it's dumb. It's not very Disney Channel appropriate on the talk of, no. of virgins. Kids will be wondering what that means. <laughs> Should we get to the ones we actually watched? Or are you? Well, t- what are your favorite Halloween movies? Well, I'm I. So for for those of of you who cannot tell, Sarah is American. She's a pro Californian. Whereas, and so is Ewan. No. <laughs> but no, he gets I'm told not. that a lot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently my voice sounds very American, even though I'm from the the bunny shores of Scotland. Um, Scotland. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah, that was great. So. Moving swiftly on from that, <laughs> Halloween is not as much of a, a of a celebration, I su- suppose, in uh, in the UK as it is to America. In, in America, so I don't think I'd really ever been trick or treating or what we call guising, at least in in Scotland. Guising. Yeah, I'm not really sure how different guising is to trick or treat. I'm not sure if it has like the treats involved. It's just like playing pranks on people. What? Yeah. Do you dress up in costumes? Well, I think that's it's 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 difficult because I feel like they sort of if the things were separate, they've kind of like merged together because people like explain I, what guising is. Well, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I feel like it's been like referred to that, but it is just like trick or trick or treating. But trick or treating, well, it does happen without Halloween. the treats. No, it does, ha- but now it does have that as well. So I'm not sure if that's like just been cribbed mm-hmm. from the. More Americanized style of, of Halloween. But now peop- do people say trick or treat? Yeah, yeah. Smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. If you don't, I don't care. See, I've never I'll pull down your underwear. Well, that, yeah, that, that took a turn. <laughs> I don't think I'd really ever done trick or treating, really ever. Although people in town would do it. I just don't know if we ever really like, participated. We would like shut all our lights off and pretend. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. I don't think we did do No, that. you said that you would do that. No, I think we maybe did it once or twice. Well, I mean, that was my decision. Well, one year, I was at Ewan's house for Halloween. I kind of forgot about this. And I went to the store and I bought all the kids' candy. And then I was the one who went to the door and handed out candy for them. And I put decorations outside the house so that I could lure the children in and give them candy. I don't think many children came, though. You would no. be a very good child catcher. No, I bought so much candy and only, like, ten kids came. Yeah. Did but you, like, they were excited. Did you, like, ration it out? So, like, do we still have 
loads left, or do you just give the ten children loads of candy? Oh, I think I let them pick two. That's reasonable. Mm, yeah. If I knew that no more were coming, they could have had... Because then just... <laughs> you and your daddy. <laughs> That's true. And probably Sarah. Yeah, I did like that. Yeah. yeah, so I haven't really ever cared that much about Halloween, to be honest. I mean, we do... We would have, like, Halloween, like, discos and stuff. Did you did you have, like, discos as a thing when we were growing <laughs> up? I always thought it was, like, kind of, like, weird because, like... Disco obviously refers to a style of music from the 1970s. It's the, I believe, the only music genre that has never had a resurgence because it was just a a perfect time and place and no one ever wanted to revisit it, or at least everyone who did want to revisit it, the the general public didn't didn't share those those interests. I feel like my mom liked disco. No, I know she she does, (laughs) but... um, well, there's like characters in The Simpsons called like Disco Stew, and he wears this very distinctive outfit with his chest on show, and he's got like a big yeah. like, afro and mm-hmm. stuff. And then obviously the disco ball is iconic. Yeah, um, well, that's that's still around. That yeah. lasted. But uh, I don't know one why children's disco was as like a thing in the UK because it's was just it like actually a, it's like a, a dance, disco? but it's like an informal dance. You okay. Know? Because we had dances starting in sixth grade. That was that was the big deal at the end of sixth grade, which is... How old are you in sixth grade? I You're think, asking the wrong person. I uh, know. That's why I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> to tell those Brits in case they don't know what age it is. I think sixth grade, you're 11. Yeah. When do you graduate from high school? What, what grade, grade is, is that? 12. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so 12 yeah, six minus 6. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're like 11, 12. Mm-hmm. And at the end of sixth grade, you have the sixth grade dance, and it was a big deal. Who mm-hmm. asked who the dance? But was it a formal dance? Kind of, but you're a child, so mm-hmm. like, what does formal really mean? Not really. I think I just wore like honestly short shorts. What sort of music was played? That's the more important thing. Because like Halloween discos, it would just be like like they play like the Monster Mash and stuff. Yeah. And like the YMCA. This is this and... in primary school or high yeah. school? Yeah, primary school. Yeah, see, we didn't I, we didn't have many dances in elementary school. Only the one at the end, I think. And then in junior high is when you started getting more formal-ish yeah. dances. Yeah. Ugh, God. I went to every single one. Yeah. yeah, good for you. But anyway. Yeah, so I've been more of, a, I would say, like a latecomer to Halloween because I've, I've had to sort of latch on to Sarah's... Um, <laughs> obsession with the, oh. the, the the period halloween's not just a day to sarah it's a whole month yeah dub spooky season yeah <laughs> but we we have halloween decorations um adorning our flat slash studio where we record this we have bats on the the mirror we have glow-in-the-dark skeletons we've got pumpkins we've got a lantern with a spider on it I believe a couple of years ago we had like all this like spider's web like decorations that was good. Yeah. yeah. I do we do still have those spider webs but I wasn't sure the best place to put them. I felt like they might end up just looking like spider webs yeah. not like decorations. Yeah. Now yeah, we only just got rid of the spider webs upon moving in here. Yeah. Yeah, we just moved into our our new London flat. Not new London. Our mm. new flat in London. Where is new London? I don't think it's a real place. No, I think it is. Well, there's probably places in the U.S. I think it's Canada, somewhere in the East Coast. Mm, didn't take off in New York. Yeah, no. 
the moral of the story is that now you love Halloween just like me. Yeah. And you think that it Maybe is more. great that Maybe it's a whole more. month. Maybe it should be the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about the movies that we watched. Yeah, the movies. Well, the movies we've watched so far. On our list. Yes. So we're now over a week through October and our list of, I mean, just looking at it, it looks about, about 30 movies. We've watched four. So we're making good pace through it. Um, <laughs> well, we're... <laughs> We'd have to watch one a day to get through it. Mm. Spooky season can go into November too, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll have to we'll have to go through this list so we can tear it yeah. down and destroy it. Well, these dang British people, they want to start celebrating Christmas in October. Yeah. The first movie we watched from our list is Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. I had not seen it. Um, but it had always been on the sort of like list of films that I was I was interested in seeing, and lo and behold, we start our Halloween count or Halloween movie marathon off with a, a movie which opens with snow falling, and uh, <laughs> is uh, Christmas time. So yeah. it was a bit of a a mistake really in, in that sense, although it did definitely have somewhat of a spooky tone to it. Yeah, it's like like Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. bit of. Christmas, been a Halloween. Yeah, produced by the same creator, Tim Burton. Wow. Tim Burton is the creator of Nightmare Before Christmas, but not the director, despite his name being like plastered all over. Yeah, it. and everyone thinks. Yeah. Well, I've subconsciously been... thinks he's the director. Well, apparently, the director of Nightmare Before Christmas has retained some bitterness towards Tim Burton for his name being plastered all over it because apparently he wasn't very helpful during the creative process. However, I'm sure we'll get to Nightmare. Nightmare Before Christmas is is potentially my favorite movie, or at least one of of my favorite movies. Wow! So um, high praise Not indeed. Mine. No, well that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it okay? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> you have to like Halloween Town. That's all. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a few on our list that have been there every year: Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town, maybe Alien, but we have never watched it. I've seen it. Yeah, but yeah, we, we haven't, watched, we together, haven't yeah. watched it together. I think Witches of Eastwick has been there every year. We yeah. haven't watched that. Scooby-Doo, I think we've watched every year. I don't know if we've necessarily watched it. No? I remember we watched it, like, when we were flying to the States one time. I'm not sure, like, if we've watched it as part of, like, the Halloween... No, we have to... I, I think, think we, we did watch, once. Well, we watched it, yeah, we watched it a couple times together. That it's is probably a, been on that's another year. one that's... Yeah. It's not as specifically Halloween focused, but I love that movie. <laughs> what else is on there every year? Harry Potter. I think the f- the first and the third are the most Halloween-ish. Well, the first one just because there's a scene at Halloween. There's a Halloween feast. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like it specifically goes through Halloween. But the third one is probably more the like vibes of the movie and the, the tone and, and everything. Yes. Um, With the Halloween feast every year, well, maybe they've stopped doing it, but my brother and his wife will make recipes from the Halloween feast and then watch the first Harry Potter. They might just watch that scene, but I think they watch the whole thing and then eat the food from the Halloween feast. What, are, what are some of the things they make? Butterbeer. <laughs> they look at everything that's there, played the movie, and then looked at the dishes, and then tried to find the recipes. But I can't remember exactly. Pumpkin what pasties. Oh yeah, duh. P- pumpkin pasties, mm. which we tried making once. They were okay. Mm. But we don't have very good baking tools, so I blame that. Yeah. What we lack in tools, we make up for in skill and yeah. passion for baking. Yes. 
We have the heart of a baker. Yeah. Or Ewan does. He likes to say that about himself. <laughs> That's right. It's from the, the office, isn't it? It's a reference to the office. Is that what Michael said? Yeah, I think he says that about Holly. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. does that make me Michael in this relationship? But you're the one that assigned me the, the moniker. No, you said that about yourself. Well, maybe that makes me Michael and Holly. And then what am I? Dwight. <laughs> no, I like Dwight. <laughs> okay, anyway, I think, is that everything that's been Most on the Ferrari list? was definitely on the list last year. Yes, but I want to see that because it's a silent movie and a lot of times there'll be events where you can go see it with like, with a live organist playing with it, which yeah. I think would be really cool, but we did not successfully ever go to that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll try and get it there. I think Us has been on the list every year, which I've seen and Sarah um, hasn't. The problem is, I think... That might be the scariest one on the list. So then I'm hardly ever in the mood to be that scared. Which is a shame because I think it's a very good... We, we watched Get Out, that would be on the list. I really liked Get years. Out. Yeah, and even, it's the same even though they director. They stole my book idea. Okay, yeah. Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> so Sarah is, a, is an author and um, she... Don't tell them my idea. Well, Sarah's had we've 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 watched a couple of, of movies which midway through Sarah has gotten very frustrated with <laughs> because they have stolen her idea. Some of these have been movies such as the claimed best picture nominee Get Out, which Sarah watched five years after it came out, or four years after it came out, and then was annoyed that they'd stolen her idea. And also um Avatar, which was the high school <laughs> movie ever, which is uh, a family stole Sarah's idea. So that, that could have been, you could have been a billionaire. That could have been me! Just, yeah. I think, uh, unfortunately, Avatar came out when you were in your teens. So you would have Although I to... think that Avatar was more profitable because of their CGI, not because of the plot, to be yeah. honest. Uh, no, the first Avatar is, is just okay. And the second Avatar is also just okay. It's not, it's not James Cameron's best work. Yeah, I think, well, the first one's better than the second. Okay, but this isn't what we're here to talk about. <laughs> so we started watching Edward Work Scissors Hands. We're immediately thinking, should we mix watching it and start watching it at Christmas? Because it immediately yeah. <laughs> set up to make it feel like it was a Christmas movie. Sarah had seen it before, and you were remarking that you liked it more on this rewatch than you had when you originally watched it. Maybe you can go into why you thought that. Yeah, well... I first watched it at my home in Davis, California. So I must have been probably in high school or something. And I think when I watched it then, it was just, it was too weird for me because I wasn't weird enough yet. Like I thought that I was weird, but I wasn't. Was this pre or post your horror movie phase? Post, post horror, horror movie phase was a bad phase. That was, that was my junior high phase. We don't. We don't need to talk about that. Where does that rank on your, all of your phases? Which one was the worst? Is that the worst one? Yeah. That was when I was probably the worst What about your star phase? That kind of blended into it, but that was the better part of my personality, I um, would say. My obsessions were yeah. honestly the better part of my... What about the twilight phase? Mm, that was probably a bit before. I had my twilight phase... Do you know your Twilight phase is what got you into horror movies? No. Was it like a gateway drug? No, 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 no. That was probably when I was in sixth or seventh grade. And then I was too cool for Twilight. And 
And people started, for some reason, comparing Twilight and Harry Potter, and I obviously had to take Harry Potter's side because that was my personality, was Harry Potter. So then I phased out of my Twilight phase, but then I feel like I phased back into my Twilight phase again, because mm -hmm. I really like watching it now, because it's quite funny. From the people I've spoken to, a lot of people seem to like Twilight as like a comfort movie watch, because it's awful and they can laugh at it. Yeah. But, although when I seem to say that, you seem to take umbrage with it. Well, listen. I don't think you ever had any love in your heart for Twilight. And you can't... The way that you make fun of Twilight is in a vicious... <laughs> mean way. Not mean. With no... But you have... You don't have that nostalgia attached to it. So you, you aren't like... You aren't allowed to make fun of it yeah. in the same way until you gain that respect. Okay. Do you, you sort of make fun of it more as, as you would like your your childhood friend you like sort of poke, poke fun at each other yeah whereas i do it, it's it's like bullying yeah but it is it's a very fun movie to watch especially if you're playing a drinking game you know there's a lot of classic lines in it like hold on t you better hold on tight spider monkey yeah yeah what was that other one it's like chico or something no it's something Be loca. what is it bella how you doing loca <laughs> is that what yeah. it is uh, that's classic or it's so like hey arizona how you like in the rain that's another good one yeah i'm surprised twilight hasn't gone on your list that's to be true honest. i guess just because i i don't associate it with halloween but maybe it should go up there mm -hmm. well we've unfortunately yeah, the list list is full. well you were talking about how you liked edward scissorhands more because you've grown as a person oh like. no because i've become a weirder person oh okay <laughs> Well, you might just have a more of an appreciation for, like, weirdness. Yeah. I think when I watched it the first time, I was kind of just like, what is happening? What, this town doesn't make sense. These people are so strange. But now, now that's kind of what I like about it. And I was getting really strong Whoville vibes from it. Especially once he started cutting people's hair. And then all the townspeople had these, like, these wacky haircuts. And that combined with like the weirdness of the film and the town, I don't know. I was just getting, I was getting Whoville vibes and the snow and Christmas stuff. It definitely did have a sort of Grinch-like feel to it. I would be quite interested yeah. to see if that was like an inspiration for it, because yeah. just even with the, um, the plot, him, yeah, him being like found on a house that overlooks the like little town, and was... then they kind of adopt him in. Yeah. And he's he's afraid everyone will hate him because he's different. Mm -hmm. And he's he's really corrupted by the uh, the, the the townspeople, Edward Scissorhands. Corrupted, but in the sense that like the trouble that he gets into during the movie is not really his fault. It's the fault of the people around him. Watching that says thematically, mm. the corrupting effects of society on on the individual. Yeah, I think the moral of the story is we should all go live in a castle alone on a hill well, and he never was, speak to well, anyone. But he was miserable, though. He was scared and miserable. That's true. But was he more miserable after his interactions with the townspeople? Well, I guess he had the, the romance thing. Yeah. I really liked it a lot more than I was kind of... Ex well, not that I was not expecting to like it, but I thought it was sort of stronger than I was anticipating. It was um, 
as with all like Burton movies, it was like very stylized, but it was not in a sort of really like over the top way. It sort of felt like a sort of nice little little world he creates because it's like it feels like it's set in like America, but like the, none of the people in it really like feel like they'd be real people. It's kind of like yeah. in the like Sam Raimi Spider Man movies where like it's set in New York, but it seems to be like a fictionalized version of New York where like everyone is a cartoon character. And it's very sort of don't worry, darling. Uh, I don't know. It kind of has like a sort of just really strange like it seems sort of seems like they live in a town that's like completely cut off from like the rest of yeah, the world. Yeah, but then all but the, but then all the husbands go off to work, oh, right? Yeah, and then all true, the women yeah. are just like sitting around gossiping yeah as the women do yeah apart from the one woman who works as an avon salesman who is yeah. who takes who is who finds edward in his little nest house on the hill and then takes him in um really for no just because she feels bad for him i suppose very odd really i found it intriguing because i'd never really seen an avon salesman in real life and in scotland Saying someone's da sells Avon is a is a was a term of insult about ten years ago. Da means and, dad. Yeah, or father. Yeah. Um. So it's a sort of like, to be to be an Avon salesman in this or salesperson would be looked upon negatively. But I'm not sure if that is looked on highly in in the states or especially in the fictionalized little town of, of Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, I'm 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 not familiar with Avon to be honest. Though mm-hmm. so my grandma was a I hope I get this right, a Tupperware or the other one. Rubbermaid. No, she was a Rubbermaid salesperson. It was like plastic boxes as well. Was Tupperware? Yeah, but I think Rubbermaid is the is Tupperware's competitor. Oh. So, I also sort of liked about Edward Scissorhands that it didn't really like the townspeople didn't immediately just shun him which i feel like is maybe another sort of reason to think that it is not really set in the real world because it was more likely that people would shun him for having scissors for hands but to be honest like everyone just kind of likes him almost immediately and they especially like him when he starts cutting their hair and hedges yeah (laughs) so weird why does the inventor give him scissor hands because then he's gonna gift him with like new proper hands is it because the lot he just hasn't made him hands yet or is it a punishment or or is it supposed to be useful for is he supposed to be the guy's tool why does he give him scissor hands yeah it is unclear like it seems like from the flashback sort of scene we see he sees a machine in his sort of cookie Walson Gromit style little invention lab full of knickknacks that are probably not really useful for anything. But um, he sort of looks at a inanimate object and thinks, maybe I should make it real and give it hands for scissors. Um, or scissors, <laughs> scissors well, for he, hands. Yeah, he like, he like looks at a robot and then there's, there's a heart on the robot or he puts a heart on the robot. So he's like thinking, what if I give this thing feelings and Mm -hmm. it does seem strange that you'd give him scissors i guess you could argue that he either is making him to be like a a tool of some sort or he just likes the design of it or he's giving him scissors as like a placeholder for fingers although (laughs) what a good placeholder for fingers i mean they're they're like big long spindly fingers but they're not very good at holding things as uh, edward learns throughout the course of the movie because it seems like the inventor and him have kind of a nice relationship 
Yeah. Well, well, we only see like a couple like gl- glimpses. Yeah, of him. but he's at least not cruel to him. Well, he's, he's not, not like li- Doctor Frankenfurter. Yeah, he's not like the Frankenfurter. He's also not like the um, person who invents Sally in Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I mean, maybe they still have a sort of weird power balance and manipulative thing. Yeah, well, he doesn't let him out of the house ever. It's also not really clear, like, if the townspeople know who the inventor is at all. Or, like, if he ever, like, interacts yeah. with anyone. Or, like, how he, like, Yeah, lives. why does he have this giant creepy castle? Yeah. And why is he living in it all alone? Mm-hmm. Just a creepy bloke. Yeah, yeah, he is a creepy bloke. But, yeah, so I, I like that... I mean, it does focus on, like, Edward's differences from the, the townspeople and his inability in some ways to fully connect with them due to his abnormalities but he is not immediately like shunned and 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 made fun of for having scissors for hands which was was nice to see there's a lot of uh, of decent humor in it i would say as well particularly of johnny depp kind of looking sort of sad in his performance as, as edward or confused yeah i thought his um, performance was really good yeah it's another classic performance of johnny depp in tons of makeup it looking barely recognizable as yeah but I feel like considering the character hardly ever speaks, I feel like he only has like three or four lines that he actually says. Mm-hmm. I think he does a good job of, of still keeping you like engaged and caring about the yeah, character. Yeah, I mean, you, you grow to like him a lot. Him. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you want to wrap up on, on Edward Scissorhands? You, you really like it. Sizzy hands. Yeah. <laughs> Should we have a sort of scale of which we rate them? I mean, it's, it's art, so you're an, you're an artist. Do you like your things being scored? <laughs> No, not... Well, oh, well, we could say what ratings we give them, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. We're rating each one out of ten. Mm-hmm. I gave it a nine. And I, I gave it an eight. In, in my own sort of personal scale, the scores, I, I sort of try to just um, affix them to the feeling I get once I, like, walk out of it. So... The feeling you got was eight. Yeah, but eight <laughs> means great, right? <laughs> what does nine mean? Like amazing, and then ten is kind oh, of. Oh, I thought you were doing a rhyming thing. No. Eight is great. Well, what would nine, nine be? Is it's fine. No, well, you know, like that's fine. Yeah. Like you. Mm. Um, what would six be? What range is six? Six. <laughs> and five, like I'm glad I'm alive to watch this. If I rate something a five, I'm probably not so glad I'm alive. Yeah. So basically, I normally go like four, four and below is bad. Five is like it's okay, which means like I'm not, I didn't like dislike it, but if I'd never watched it, I would have been fine with that. Six and then six is when it starts to like ten more positive. So six would be like mm. I liked it. Seven was like it was good. Eight, great. Nine, fine. Yeah. And then 10 is sort of more But like, fine. Yeah. Not like, fine. Fine with like a capital F, yeah. Yeah. 10 is Big Ben. <laughs> That's, yep. 10 is Big Ben. Okay, now we're going to go into our new segment in our new podcast. Popcorn and Cumin. Popcorn and Cumin. Called, Why Isn't This... A Musical. 
So we are very into musical theater. Well, I'm very into musical theater. Well, I am as well. Now. Yes. But now this is this are. is something we've sort of bonded over. Where I think I was a kind of a closeted musical theater fan in a way, or at least it, it was unearthed through our relationship. Yeah. Well, I've quite enjoyed musical theater since I was a kid. The first show I saw was Wicked, mm-hmm. so it holds a special place in my heart. I feel like it holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. But and then in in high school, I did a bit of musical theater and in college as well mm-hmm. where I per- performed in musical theater yeah and well I miss doing that but we now live in London so we see quite a few West End shows I've lost track I think we've seen probably 15 or so mm-hmm. at this point definitely one a month since we've we've lived yeah. here on average not because we're rich because we yeah. do in the- fact we're, we're we're poor because of it <laughs> we do <laughs> Day of tickets that usually costs. Don't give it away. People, people steal our tickets. Yeah. Well. So anyway, this this is our segment where we discuss whether these movies would be better if they were just musicals. Yeah. And the if answer is always music. yes. <laughs> At least from me, it is. <laughs> well, so now we'll pose a question: Would Edward Scissorhands be better as a musical? Is it a musical? I'm not sure. I, I definitely could see it being adapted into. I think it's a ballet. It's a ballet. Oh, yeah. that's what we. It could saying. also be a musical, but there's about there is currently a, a an Edward Scissorhands ballet playing in London. So what do you think? I'm gonna say it definitely could be a musical. I'm not sure if it would be better as a musical, potentially. I think it might be better. I guess it's just like another thing where you have these like kind of like a loner protagonist, where I just don't know if like him singing like all these songs would be super compelling i don't know if he would i think maybe he would have one song towards the end yeah and he turns out he's an amazing singer yeah the rest is everyone singing because he doesn't talk very much during the movie yeah so i think if everyone around him is like singing and creating a lot of noise and stuff and he's kind of just standing there all sad like i don't know i feel like that could be effective there could be a song a gossip song which has happened in many musicals because yeah. women just love to gossip. Like yeah. in The Music Man, you know, the horrible pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, cheep, 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 duck a lot, pick a little more. No, Classic I, I, patter I song. I have no idea what that is. I hate that song. So we want but, one of those in... No. <laughs> we want a gossip song that is better. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That's just done. We've done that. Like, did you hear he's cutting all the plants? Did you hear he's cutting the dog hair, hair too? He could do a number on my bonnet. That's slang for hair. In oh, my world. in this And then that, like, the woman who's, like, into him could then be, like, something. He could he do, do a, a number, number on my... my trunk or something. Oh, God. Because like a, like a car bonnet versus the back of What's a, a, car a car bonnet, the front, the hood, oh. in American speak. Haven't heard that before. Bonnet, yeah. I'm not sure if that would cross over to America. Maybe that could be the UK version. Okay, we have to rewrite it for the, the <laughs> yeah. two the two similar dialects. It'll be a lot of work, but we can do it. <laughs> there could also be a song where like he is like, "Why did you give me scissors for hands?" Yeah, yeah. That there could be a song. Oh, but then he'd be singing. Yeah. It could open with, like, the mad professor dude being like... Mentor. What if I turned this machine into a man called Edward? Yeah. To be honest, this sounds a lot like the musical that my that we did in college. 
Really? Yeah. We was it actually Edward Scissorhands? No, no, it was a, it was like a Frankenstein. Okay. Well, Edward Scissorhands is very Frankensteinian. Yeah. I believe. Is there right. a Frankenstein musical? Probably. I'm sure someone's done one. Yeah. You know, someone did a musical about John Rawls. Do you know who that is? So he is a American philosopher who wrote a theory of justice, right? I'm, and I'm so intrigued. Well, doesn't it just sound funny as a concept? Yeah. It sounds so, like something that would be done at the Fringe. I think it was done at the Fringe. Well, there you go. So he is a was an American philosopher who was like quite, like in the 20th century, he was like quite famous and influential. And he, I think, is sort of philosophically... Philosoph- oh no! Sorry. Phil- philosophically, diametrically opposed to this guy called Robert Nozick. Like Hamilton. Yeah. Aaron. But they didn't end up killing each diametrically other. Diametrically opposed. Yeah. The premise of the Rawls musical, I think, is maybe called like a theory of justice or something. J- John Rawls is like going through history, explaining to people why his theory is better than like Robert Nozick's. And just like the premise and like so niche and stupid, I was like, yeah. that actually sounds like, even if all the music's awful, I feel like it would still be like quite an interesting <laughs> watch. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Back to Edward Scissorhands. There mm. could, there could be a sort of love ballad. Oh, definitely when she's like cutting, he's cutting the ice sculpture and then she mm. starts dancing in it. That could be a song. Yeah. The sort of like, you know, the dramatic interval song could be when he goes mm. to like rob the house when he's like sort of lured into doing that yeah because then it like it like ends when like the doors lock or something and then they run away and it's like oh what's gonna happen in the second act i don't know how, yeah, that would it be could good. Be, i don't know what sort of music that would kind of be maybe a kind of like well in this is so neat <laughs> in the trail to oregon the star kid production which is a parody of the oregon trail computer game, game yeah they have a song before the interval that is when um the wagon is on fire yeah is that one? so it's like yeah. the wagon is on fire so if we did something in that style for stealing it but i don't think mm. edward would be singing that i think his partners would and then maybe if if edward sang he would be like opposed to what the other people are saying he'd be like why does nancy well me- is her name nancy no, no no that's the wrong movie what's her name i don't know why does winona Ryder want me to do this yeah I just want to go home. Yeah. No, that, that could be Let's good. Rob this house. I just thought we could also have, you know how we were saying how your dad sells Avon was like a, an insult? Yeah. We could make the mum Scottish and then the song, her sort of opening song could be your ma sells Avon. Yeah. That would really get and the just, Scots on board. Yeah. Well, the problem is, I feel like because it's niche enough humor, even if the actor couldn't do a good Scottish accent, it's this people would still be on board with it. <laughs> Or we could just get a Scottish person to do it. Yeah, they're hard start, to come by. Yeah, start lining up Scottish people. Were. Scottish middle-aged women. They're yeah. going to be cast in the role of the woman who sells Avon <laughs> in Edward Scissorhands. All right. So I say better as a musical. Ewan says... I think it has potential. Potential. Yeah. But you have to choose yes or no. That's just... I want to say no. I think it could be equally as good, but I don't think it would be better as a musical. Yeah. Boom. We have to have some dissenting opinion. Nah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's Edward Scissorhands. I think that maybe it makes sense to next talk about a similar sizzy-handed man <laughs> <laughs> that also has Johnny Depp in it. Yeah. What am I talking about? Guess that movie. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't... 
Yeah, I don't think of all the like weird creature people in Alice in Wonderland, I don't think there's someone with scissors for hands. No. No, what we're actually talking about is Nightmare on Elm Street, which is of course the first film in what has become a, a long-running horror franchise starring Freddy Krueger, a murderer slash serial killer who can infiltrate the dreams of teenagers, of horned up teenagers. And by the way, we're going to start with non-spoiler <laughs> sections and then we're going to try to say when we'll start saying spoilers. I don't think we really spoiled anything in the previous Edward one. Scissor hands. No. Well, you said there was a, a love a love story. But, don't I mean, bring it up again. Well, what, what movie exists without, without a love story? Oh, we didn't even talk about Winona Ryder. Yeah. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, that's M- all. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> so, Nightmare on Elm Street. First of all, can we talk about how that looks nothing like the person in the movie. Yeah, so the theatrical release po- poster we're looking at looks very similar to like how a Goosebumps book cover would yeah, look, I with like that. a drawing of a person that doesn't really look real. Like it could have been a photo, but then when you like look at it, it's like that isn't a photo. And it doesn't really look like the actress. No. And Freddie's face looks like I don't know, like a robot fox or something. Yeah, no, it does look strange. I wonder if it's meant to be some sort of holographic thing that isn't captured very well on a computer screen. In the, in the flesh, it would have looked looked better. So, and of course she's naked. Sorry. Well, she's in bed. Well, um... <laughs> what? I know. Well, she's in bed, so yeah. therefore she's naked. Yeah. She's just sleeping. She's sleep naked. She isn't sleeping. She must be if he's there. Well, she looks awake. <clears throat> All right. Well, I had never seen Nightmare on Elm Street before. It's written and directed by Wes Craven. One of the first horror movies I really ever watched was the Scream series, which probably, I think I've watched all of the Scream movies apart from four. I'm in Scream 4. Not, I've seen all of the Scream movies apart from four of them. That would have been not a very good <laughs> statement. The Scream movies are great. I guess they're a satire of the, the genre that um, Nightmare on Elm Street sort of helped create or at least helped sort of flesh out along with... Friday the 13th and Halloween. So Halloween would be like the first slasher movie, I believe, or at least what would be attributed as such, but maybe Can you Can you define a slasher movie? So typically a slasher movie is one where there is a killer who is generally sort of unkillable and often they're competent in what they do but to an extent where like it seems like you'd be like able to like get away from them so like in Nightmare on Elm Street the main character what's, what was her name the the final girl is what they're often called mm-hmm. in slasher Wasn't movies Nancy yeah Nancy Nancy sort of is able to push back on him such an, uh, a bit and like fight him although some of the other characters don't really fare so well but typically a slasher movie has this killer character then killing typically teenagers who, as in the screen movies, are, are pointed out to sort of generally act pretty stupidly and sort of ultimately are not responsible for their demise, but probably didn't could have avoided potentially their, their grisly fate if they'd acted a bit smarter. And typically there's like pretty like over-the-top kills of these teenagers. And, well, that and, was certainly the case. Yeah. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street is like, I guess, somewhat different in the sense like it is over the top, but it's like also kind of supernatural. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other movies are kind of like have to become supernatural because the, the killer character sort of becomes like unkillable. Mm-hmm. Whereas 
the premise of this is that Freddy Krueger can like invade people's dreams, which is a bit more of uh, an out there sort of concept than typical slasher movies. Normally it's just like, well, for instance, in Halloween and in Friday the 13th, it's just like a masked guy who like walks mm-hmm. around and kills people. Now yeah. it is like backstories like fleshed out and stuff, but if you were to just like look at it on a very surface level, that's what it's about. So uh that that's a slasher movie. This this very much fits into <laughs> that. Not actually as many kills as you'd expect in a regular slasher movie, to be honest. I thought it was a pretty strong movie. However, the the main criticism we probably both have with the movie is that the ending doesn't make sense. Now there's reasons for that, but we can we can sort of sort of get there, I suppose. Yeah. So Sarah has a, an undergraduate degree in psychology, and one of her sort mm. of keen interests is in sleep. So yes. there's a scene in the movie where they talk about how we don't really understand sleep or or dreams or why we dream, etc. Now this movie came out in 1984, I think. So that was almost 40 years ago at the time of recording. Has our understanding of sleep changed at all since then, Sarah? Okay, well, first of all, I am, I'm definitely not an expert on this. I wrote one honors paper. It was a literature review, and this was back in 20, mm, 2017 or something. So this was, I mean, this is still six years ago. But you've read books about it and stuff. Yes, I read... Half I need to, I still need to finish it. Half of Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep. I definitely would recommend that book. But there's only a little bit in there about dreams that I haven't even gotten to yet. It's mainly about, you know, the purpose of sleep and how basically the moral of the story is you need to get your sleep because if you don't, there's a lot of bad health consequences. Yeah. Well I believe there's been like studies on like mice or rats or something where scientists have like deprived them of sleep for a couple of days. And eventually they just died. Well, there's all kinds of studies like that. (laughs) (laughs) But when I was doing my literature review on sort of why we dream, I was looking at it in a far less sort of Freudian way, as in not thinking that necessarily your dreams are manifestations of your subconscious or anything like that. Mainly the things that I was looking at were talking more about how we well back then we didn't have a definitive answer of why we dream so it is still something that is quite a mystery but some of the theories included that because when we sleep you're condensing you know your short-term memory into long-term memory which is why you should always get really good sleep before your exams what about cramming cramming the night before has always served me well (laughs) well Well, honestly, it served me well too. But you still need to get sleep before it. Do not pull an all-nighter. Oh, this, do not at least get some sleep before your test. If you pull an all-nighter, that information is not going to consolidate. You're not going to remember it. Because your brain is like a sponge, (laughs) maybe. But sleep, the lack of sleep changes it into a sieve, maybe. Sponge sieve. Sure. That's that's Ewan's theory. (laughs) But anyway... The main theories that I was looking at was that when this consolidation process is happening, so just parts of your brain are, you know, quote unquote, lighting up, are being activated. Quotes Thank you. <laughs> are being activated, and dreams are more of a a runoff, a sim- symptom, as Ewan says, of that. A byproduct. A byproduct of mm. that activation. 
And again, I'm not claiming that this is the correct theory, but this is just one that I looked at. It seems it sounds plausible. Yeah. It sounds like a more sort of scientific theory than just the sort of more like spiritualistic idea that it's like you're subconsciously trying to tell you something. Yeah. But what I want to know is has there ever been a case of someone being killed in their dream and then they die in the real world? Such as they are killed in their dream and that results in them being pulled into their bed and erupting in a fountain of blood? Has that ever happened? I don't know. But it sounds plausible. <laughs> Wait, babe, you did a spoiler! No, I mean, that might happen in the movie. It might not. Okay, just a little bit more of non-spoiler content. <laughs> Well, what did you think of, of Freddy Krueger as like a sort of concept? You found him kind of scary, right? When he, the, the kids were singing about him. You don't like children singing. You find it creepy. <laughs> yeah, well, when the children were singing about him. But he himself wasn't that scary. He was more no. just weird. Yeah, he's, he's sort of weird and creepy. Yeah. He doesn't have the same sort of like unkillable, imposing quality as like Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers in, in Halloween and... And Friday the 13th. The Scream movies directed and created by the same person, Wes Craven. He is a bit more similar to Ghostface and that he's kind of a bit more like bumbling and kind of like flying by yeah. the seat of his pants a little bit. I don't know why he... I guess this is kind of like, I don't know, what toddlers do. Or maybe maybe slightly older kids. where Or in The Sims. <laughs> well, you can, you can have the option to make your Sim say, watch this and then do something stupid. And I, that was his vibe. Like, he would be like, hey, Nancy, and then just cut off his fingers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is, what is that? What yeah. are you doing? It seemed like he was doing some of this because he's in control of like the dream world. So he's kind of like playing mm, with his... Yeah, well, he really just likes doing self-mutilation. Yeah. I feel like, who's that? Who's yeah. that really hurting? Yeah, just trying to like scare people, I suppose. But I do think as the movies go on, which we're not going to talk about or probably even watch, but he becomes a bit more like... He becomes more of the sort of main character where it's like you're sort of watching them to see him one kill these idiot teenagers in like weird creative ways and two like he says like funny one-liners or something which you do get a bit of in this movie but not an awful lot yeah he does kind of have almost beetlejuice kind of mm -hmm. vibes and he's got that creepiness yeah towards young women yeah well, he killed men as well. He's got a creepiness towards young people, yeah. shall we say. Yeah. Okay, I think we should go into the spoilers for Nightmare on Elm Street. Not that there's like that much to spoil, I don't think. Wait, first can we keep going on this the creepy se sexual things? Okay. Well, like, that might spoil two... Alright, I don't <laughs> think there's a really spoiler. Two creepy sexual moments. One, his hand. She's in the bath, of course. Never go into a bath in a horror movie. If you mm. know you're in a horror movie. <laughs> she's in the bath you get this shot like between her legs which like why are we always, why do we have to sexualize teenagers it is a cool shot i think okay wow and then his hand comes up like his well his scissory his sissy mm -hmm. hand comes up between her legs yeah and it's it's just so sexual oh yeah. i don't know but i think it's sort of one shot in that way to appeal to like horned up teen teens it's meant to be appealing to um, horned up teen yeah. Heterosexual men? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good job you remind me of this because I thought it was interesting that the movie is at some time seems to be filmed like with quite a sort of professional, you know, like, oh, that's a cool shot or something. And then other times it sort of looks very 
like amateur as if they've like run yeah. out of budget. Um, yeah, or it's just that, or it's just a sign of the times. There was a lot of of shaky camera work, which I think was on purpose. You know, that's supposed to show. But it kind of felt like shaky cam in the sense that you would do it like. You're like filming your friends running around. Yeah, well, my friends and I used to shoot horror movies and it kind of had, I think that ours, ours could have been something Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. But sometimes it had some good shots. Maybe not the crotch shot. I'm not going to say that's a good shot. Well, you maybe don't disagree with it from a sort of ethical morality perspective, but it's... uh, We could have had a good shot that wasn't... Well, it was unsettling, wasn't it? And that's maybe what they were going for. What about the other moment? when somehow his tongue comes out of the phone and into her mouth, that was... Did he lick her mouth? I also thought that was cool. <laughs> you thought that was cool? Yeah, well, I thought it was, like, creepy, so, like... I, I thought that I thought, was so I weird. I thought it was, like... But weird in a bad way. Yeah, well, I thought, like... I think that's the sort of, like, best space that horror movies can, like, operate in, is where it, like, makes you feel, like, unsettled, but you're not actually, like, disturbed. You're, like... That's freaky, but when you try and break it down, really it was just the idea of an old handset telephone and a man's tongue just appearing out of the uh But it's not just part. a man, it's it's an old man. Right. Well, older. Right. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, as the movies go on in the sequels, people thought that, people didn't like that they started making Freddy Krueger more like sexual, to- but... What? Uh, he, he's sticking his tongue in their mouths. Yeah. He's putting his his hands all up in their bathtubs. Like so, there's a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street that came out um in the mid two thousands, I think, which is Sarah had seen this already, I believe. And I I think people don't really like that movie for I haven't seen it, but they sort of make the tone like much more dark and and harrowing. Yeah, that one was much more mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, Freddy is no longer a yeah. silly little creepy man. Yeah. I think the Fre- the Freddy Krueger design in that is kind of sucks to be honest i think it was mm. awful let's talk about spoilers the, yeah so it's happening yeah so spoilers. there's four teen characters really in the movie there's girl who opens the movie i can't remember her name the blonde girl yeah he, bloody he, bloody blondie yeah he kills her and then basically frames her boyfriend well not really her boyfriend because everyone seems to think he's like some sort of juvenile delinquent and mm. what's very strange is that basically her death scene re- results in freddy in the dream world slashing her a whole bunch but this results in the real world with her being dragged all along the ceiling and walls yeah. and stuff in the meantime her partner who is there is just like watching this happen and sort of screaming mm. but he seems to be completely unable to then convey this story to the authorities at least we don't see that happening. Well, he runs away because he knows he's going to be blamed for it. Because yeah. he's the only one there. Yeah, I guess. That is true, but it, it seems like strange he doesn't even like try and like make out. He's like, how could I have done it? All this was like a switchblade. The, like, the markings don't like add up or there's she's been like dragged all around the ceiling and stuff that's not even like yeah. physically possible. <laughs> he's just like, I didn't see who was doing it, but he's not making out like... I didn't see who was doing it because there was literally no one there. It was as yeah. if he was like looking through a keyhole or something and couldn't see it properly. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was odd. That guy's acting seemed like quite over the top throughout the movie, which yeah. I'm sure was probably like the direction he was given, but he seemed like a little bit like unbelievable. He sort of seemed like he just walked out of, the, of Greece, to be honest. Yeah, but, we did just watch Greece, but yeah. I was also thinking 
He yeah. was a very Kaniki. Wait, Kaniki? Yeah. 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 Then Johnny Depp's character, which is why we segue into this movie, plays the main Nancy's boyfriend, Glenn, who is clear. What's the opposite of an insomniac? Because he's always falling asleep all the time. Sleep? No. What's it called? Anyway, while Sarah thinks of that, he's fallen asleep with TVs on the bed, he's fallen asleep with his headphones on, he just can't stay awake. Which, you'd think Nancy would be the one struggling to stay awake considering she's been the one that's like sleep deprived the whole time. But Glenn is just, I guess he's just a, a teenage boy, he just can't stay awake for, for love nor money. Narcolepsy. Yeah, so Glenn My maybe has narcolepsy. He also suffers probably the most like iconic death from the movie where he is... Um, oh falls asleep, is pulled into his bed inexplicably by Freddy, and then from this hole that is created in his bed, just a fountain of blood erupts. Yeah, that was... Um, which I did like that the police do sort of comment, or at least the, the coroner comes in and is like, he's being like sick in the bathroom because he's like never seen anything like it. Yeah. Because it did seem kind of bizarre that like, what has like erupted is, so you have like eight pints of blood in your body, and there must have been like... 50 litres or something in the room and no one's like, where is his body? What the hell happened? Yeah. Well, the way people react to stuff happening... Well, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but the police officer guy sees his wife, or maybe his ex-wife. His ex-wife. Her dad. Her, her yeah, dad. like her, her weird dead skeletal body <laughs> sinking into the bed and disappearing. And his reaction is very calm. Yeah. He's just kind of like, well, and then he walks out of the room. Yeah. Well, he's, he sort of turns to his like daughter, who's just seen her, her mum or corpse sort of disappear, and I just like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <Or something. laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's what does she say? She's like, she's, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, all my friends and my mom just died, but yeah. it's fine. Yeah, everyone that I know apart from you is dead now, dead. But yeah, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> so. She sort of manages to defeat Freddy, you think, by sort of taking the power away from him. Now she, we're like, getting into she, the weird stuff. She, like, turns her back on Freddy and then is like, I'm not, like, scared of you. But it's not really clear. Like, you think you're in the... So she basically is trying to kill or get, defeat him by pulling him into the real world where he's, like, vulnerable. He's, yep. like, invulnerable in the dream world. So she does that and then sort of turns around, turns her back to him to be like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. But then I'm, I'm thinking, like, why aren't you just trying to, like, attack him in this moment? Although she has already sort of hit him with a, a mallet. And set a, him on fire. Yeah, it was very, like, Home Alone. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. It was yeah. so Home Alone. I loved that part. Yeah. So... She sets him on fire, and then it's like he kills her mother by just sort of just like smothering her while he's on fire, and then she like yeah, burns I wasn't really. A, a, oh, a, I, I didn't know that she burned. I was honestly yeah. didn't really know how she died. I assumed he just yeah. So she turns her back on him and sort of like I'm not scared of you anymore. Well, and it's it's because earlier in the movie Johnny Depp says. I think he I think he's trying to talk about people who have lucid dreams. I think that's what he was describing. Mm. And how they can like create their own worlds in their dreams or something. And then Nancy's like, what if they create monsters? And then he's like, well, he tells her you have to like not believe in them. And then they go, like he's, that moment I think was him giving her instructions on how you defeat Freddy. Yeah. Well, or that's what she took it as, which is why she then remembers it at the end. Doesn't a similar thing happen in, in It? Not that I want to talk about that movie. 
But isn't that the whole thing is that they realize that their fear is what gives him power. And so then by like taking away his yeah. power, that's how they take away his power. I felt mm-hmm. like it was a similar. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it did seem a bit like, well, one, he doesn't take his own advice because he is ultimately killed by him. Um, her boyfriend who gives her the, the advice. Oh, yeah. But he true. never mentions dreaming about him. All the no. other ones do. Yeah. Yeah. But I think at the very beginning when Bloody Blondie is ta- is talking about she's afraid of him, it does like for a second cut to Johnny Depp and he kind of has these wide eyes when he's realizing that he's maybe having the same dreams as them, yeah. but he never mentions it. Yeah. What did you think of Johnny Depp's crop top that he was wearing at one point? Do you think that was just the style of, of <laughs> teens in the 80s, male teens? Yeah, I didn't mind it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it kind of looks like he's just wearing, like, a football jersey, but for, like, a like a 10-year-old. He's just, like, he's, like, refused to let it go. He's just, like, I'm going to wear this until I... Yeah. Until it literally rips at the seams while I'm trying to um, put it on. Yeah. I thought he looked... I mean, you know, in, in his older movies, a lot of the time he's wearing a lot of makeup and stuff. But I've seen him in stuff where he's not wearing makeup, and I think he looks way different as a kid. If I didn't know it was him, I don't think I would have thought, oh, that's Johnny Depp as a child. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I wouldn't say, yeah, I didn't have, like, an awful lot to, like, really do to show off his, his acting prowess. That no. Then, then sort of develop, I suppose. But um, to, to sort of circle back on okay. the, the, the ending So talk, he disappears yeah. into the blue light because yeah, she stops she, believing in him. Basically, pretty much, yeah. And then she opens her door... She's suddenly outside. Her hair's different. She doesn't look as if she's just been in some sort of brutal fight to stay alive. And she walks out. It's, it's suddenly like the morning or it's just like the daytime. Yeah. Her friends come to pick her up for school, presumably, in a car, which you're sort of wondering, like, hang on, didn't all her friends already die? Yeah. And then she gets in the car. And her, her mom is saying goodbye to her on the Oh, yeah. And, and we've previously so just seen her mom mom die. is also yeah. alive. Yeah. And the car is a convertible. She gets in the car and then the convertible's roof goes up and the kids are like, what's going on? And then it's revealed to be the the convertible roof is the red and green sort of striped pattern that Freddy Krueger wears. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, you didn't? No. I thought that was like ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So, and then you're like, well, something's must be amiss. He's the car. Yeah. And then I'm not sure if, do you see him like behind her mom in the doorway? No. So the car drives away. Yeah. And then we see just her mom standing on the porch. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden a hand comes through. And then she very obviously turns into a doll. Yeah, like an inflatable, <laughs> like, sex doll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and is, is is dragged through the window by Freddy Krueger's hand. Yeah. Just to be clear, it's a... She turns into a doll, not actually in the movie, but for the sake for, of, of making the yes, movie. They've clearly done a cut where they changed her... They swapped out the actor for a inflatable doll <laughs> for the sake of pulling through the window of the door. This scene makes no sense. We've already had a whole argument about it because it just... Not an argument. There's no way for it to make sense. sense. Yeah. And t- you can say how, why the scene was made because it wasn't originally going to yeah, be Yeah, so, right? so Wes Craven apparently didn't want it to end like this. Apparently his idea was for the whole... I mean, really tropey. Sort of yeah, I don't like his idea either. Is that his ending would be that the whole the movie was all like a dream, and Nancy like wakes up from it, and everyone is 
um, is alive. But I mean, that's the sort of like typically ending that's mocked that like a child would yeah. do, where it's like, and then it and turns it out it was all, all a dream. dream. Yeah. Um, so that, that ending isn't any good either. No, that ending is bad, but at least it would make sense. That's kind of what I thought was happening when when everyone was alive. I was like, wait a minute. Did, was this whole thing a dream? And this whole this whole thing was the whole thing was a dream trope is bad in many ways because then as an audience member you are like what was the point? Well, why did I just watch that? Yeah. But anyway, at least then it would make sense. But here, the fact that Freddy appears mm-hmm. doesn't. Uh, it's it not clear. Well, because he has he's displaying power. He must, like, by doing that thing with the car roof and, like, taking over the car and stuff. Based on the rules of the movie, they must still be in a dream. But, like, whose dream is it? Yeah, because if it's Nancy's dream, which presumably it is because she's the only person still alive, which, oh, yes, we also have to talk about whether Nancy is still alive. Mm -hmm. But she's the only person we still see alive in the movie. Of the kids. Of the kids. And the mom. Of everyone in that scene. Yeah, yeah. So presumably that this would be her dream, but if it's her dream, based on the rules we have already established, when Freddy comes and haunts them in their dreams, it's always just Freddy and, well, she doesn't, when she sees dead people in her dream, it's only that one girl she sees and she's always in a body bag. So she doesn't normally interact with like dead people in the same way. And Freddy is always going after her. Why would Freddy be going after someone who's already dead in the dream, why would he go after the mom? The mom's dead. Yeah. Also, why is he going after the mom? Like, it's all... <laughs> yeah. Well, she was... She burned him alive. But, yeah, but the, the whole premise of the movie is that he's, like, going after the children of the the people who killed him. So to just, like, pivot and go after the, yeah. the people who killed him seems like a bit of a... <laughs> and we also... He, he grabs the mom and pulls her after Nancy has already driven away. So we're not even in Nancy's perspective... And it's not even like he's torturing Nancy by, like, killing her mom again in front of her. Because yeah, she can't see it. it. Yeah, yeah. So I just... I, it makes no sense whatsoever to me. Mm-hmm. So apparently the studio had, like... Inter- or the producer had intervened to Wes Craven's aghast. Made him change the movie. Presumably because they, they wanted to, like, make it either a shocking ending for, to sort of generate, like, hype or make it like a kind of cliffhanger so like people would go see like a sequel but I don't really think it works like that well for because I you kind of walk out of it going like well did she die if she did die why didn't they just like show us that because the sequel movie we've now discovered like doesn't even follow her anyway well and Ewan says that they retcon is that the correct word yeah that they retcon her death in the second one Nancy's death but I don't think anything suggests that she dies. Yeah. If that last scene is a dream, she gets locked in a car and like and drives away. But yeah. I don't think it suggests because Freddie goes after her mom. Then I think that she's still alive. Yeah. Well, I think the retcon is probably that she defeats Freddie before that scene happens, mm-hmm. and then the movie ends. Like that scene just doesn't happen. Okay. Well, that makes sense because yeah. it's a poor choice to put yeah. it. no it is stupid it doesn't make any, yeah it doesn't make any sense and there's like even if you like as we've done like analyze it there's like about three different like conclusions you can come to yeah. that are all like equally underwhelming yeah <laughs> okay moving into our segment why isn't this a musical yeah 
Popcorn and Cubans new segment, new podcast, new segment. <laughs> so, would Nightmare on Elm Street be better as a musical? I think definitely yes. Yes. <laughs> to, to be honest, we, we started talking, this is how this segment sort of came into being. Yeah. Is that we started talking about this and then we started coming up with songs. Yeah. <laughs> and they're actually, well, okay. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> no one steal them out there. For example, we have a sort of Freddy theme song. Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually the only one we came up yeah. with, which has... Not the, the actual Freddy theme song from the, the movie. Get rid of that. That's yeah. not starring no, in our no, musical. No, no, no. So if, if you remember from earlier in this podcast, Freddy does this thing where he does basically from The Sims where he goes like, watch this, and then like cuts off his finger or something stupid like that. Yeah. So so his theme, it, go- <laughs> it goes, here comes Freddy, here comes Freddy, here comes Freddy with his... Finger knives. Well, that that kind of, you know, goes for a bit. That's as he's sneaking up on people. And then he goes... <laughs> and then he sort of goes, watch this! And then, like, cuts off his finger. Yes, yeah, so this is his starring moment. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, watch this! Cuts off finger. Watch this! And then, I don't know. Cuts off another finger. Cuts off another finger. And then, watch this! And then slices open his stomach or something. Yeah, and it's full of maggots and it's gross. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's our Here Comes Freddy song. Yeah. We also thought there could be a good opportunity for him to do sort of sort of comedic songs when he's like, it's sort of more like a ballad where he's, or like a sort of soliloquy type song where he's bemoaning that the parents of Elm Street won't just let him kill their children yeah. in peace. He's like, why, why am I ostracized when all I want to do is kill children? Yeah. So I think this would be sort of a dark comedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the movie is already fairly comedic, so I don't think that would be too much of, like, a, a tone shift. Yeah. Like, it's not like that. It's it's at least over the top, if not, if it's not being humorous, you know? And yeah. Freddy does do a couple sort of, like, one-linery things in it as well. Yeah, that's true. Well, Beetlejuice became musical. Well, yeah. that's already funny, but... I feel like Freddy, to me, has some similar vibes. Yeah, and removed from, like, any context. Like, if you just, like, watch the scene where he's... <laughs> when Nancy pulls him into the real world, and then she, like, set, like, the Home Alone stuff, when he gets, like, hit with a mallet, yeah. and then he's, like, <laughs> he gets set on fire and stuff, and he's, like, just, like, this man, like, running around <laughs> on fire. He's, like, really not, like, menacing yeah. at all. Now, within the context of the movie, he is, in a, in a some way, but, like... It's not in the same way like the alien in Alien. You look at a picture of, of, of the alien, you're like, that's scary. And then you watch any of the scenes from Alien, even if you just had, like, you were playing, like, silly music behind it. I still think it would be, like, menacing. Yeah. Whereas Freddy just doesn't have the same sort of gravitas behind it. What would it. the song be during that Home Alone part? I don't know. We could do, like, the Benny Hill thing. You know that? that no. That's like the... Oh, when people are like running around in the yeah. yeah. But that's like the kind of like... vibe, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm on fire again. <laughs> this is very similar to the previous song, I think. No, it's not. What's the previous wow. one? Is here come yeah. Freddy? That's very different. Well, we need other songs from like other characters. Yeah, okay. Along. I think a good one would be for uh, Johnny Depp. Mm. Or, or sort of, sort of a duet where they're in where they're in sort of opposing... Nancy and Johnny Depp are in houses, and she's 
she's singing like like stay awake yeah. Johnny stay awake and, and then he's, he's like, like why do my eyes feel so droopy <laughs> or something like that yeah why do I wear this crop top yeah <laughs> so yeah what's the chemical that makes you like fall asleep maybe you could make it that like the song could be called like you know the the thing people put on like a rug and then they hold it up to someone's face and then they go like they sort of slump uh, in like spy movies yeah. and stuff it's like chloroform yeah yeah the song could be called like crop top soaked in chloroform or something <laughs> yeah that'd be good so i think i think it has a lot of potential yeah in definitely. fact maybe we'll start working on that yeah. don't steal our songs yeah if this podcast is never published, it's because we've actually decided to give everything up to work on Nightmare on Elm Street, the musical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, better as a musical. I would say so. Better as our musical, at least. Yeah. If, it, if, if, if it was made into a musical and it wasn't better, it's because the people who made it weren't as good at writing yeah. it as us. Exactly. <laughs> okay, we've been talking about this a long time. So, shall we wrap up Nightmare on Elm Street? I have given it... Am I blue? Yeah. I've given it a 6 out of 10. And I'm hot pink, so I'm... This is the the, the colours of pens we are writing our scores on, yes. our, our list on. Um, I, I give it a 7. On the Wikipedia, it says it's considered one of the greatest horror films ever oh. made. I, I disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that if it didn't end on that last scene, yeah. then perhaps I would have given it a higher score. But it left me with just a, like... Is that an anger? What did I just watch? It's like the, the rise of Skywalker is an yeah. ending that leaves you frustrated. Well, probably not as bad as that. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. But that is Edward Scissorhands. No. That, <laughs> that is The Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, no. Or that was a discussion on Nightmare on Elm Street following our discussion on um, Edward Scissorhands. Susie Hands. Yeah, what Sarah meant to say. <laughs>